Hi, my name is Jason Scott. Today's guest is Bruno Schiavon of the Foundry Real Estate Company. And we're uh, sitting in their awesome headquarters in the Soho condo in uh, Edmonton's Cloverdale neighborhood. Welcome to the show, Bruno. Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm glad you like the place. Yeah, that's a really cool space here. So, uh, Bruno, you've been a realtor for a while, but tell me how you got into the business. You know what? I was, uh, I was in business and marketing at Nate for a couple of years, and I kind of caught myself sitting at the computer way too much, kind of saying to myself, you know what? I need a lifestyle where I can be moving around the city, having a little bit of my own schedule. And at the same time, I had some friends that were also in real estate, and they were always breathing down my neck saying, Bruno, you need to get into real estate. You'd be a great realtor. And kind of from there, I just, I took the chance and kind of went for it. And it's been uphill ever since then. Right. Okay. So it seems apparent to me just, you know, checking out your website and walking into your your space here that uh, that marketing background is certainly being put to use in your business. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know what? Like aesthetically, it might be like the Italian in me. I'm not sure. But aesthetically, those kind of things are also really important. I'm kind of an attention to detail kind of guy. So we wanted to make sure that we could set ourselves apart from that, you know, old school real estate model of, hey, let's just get it out there. Kind of like quantity over quality. And we wanted to kind of trim that fat and say, hey, let's do quality instead of the quantity instead. So that's kind of what we focus on versus like really quick, cheap videos. Let's do long HD, 1080p, scripted, you know, top guys in the business doing the cinematography on. Right. And this is related to the properties? Um, well, properties, but even just on our website, like you had mentioned. Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, you said you, uh, you're you Italian. Uh, are you originally from Italy? Originally, yes. I was uh, I was born in Venice. My dad still lives there. He's actually a commercial realtor in Venice. Is that right? Yeah, so I have the luxury of when I go on vacation to see all the wicked places in Venice. And I've seen some of like the hidden gems there. But uh, yeah, my dad lives in Italy right now in Venice. And my mom is a teacher. She just retired, actually. She's a teacher at St. Joe's Composite High School just, uh, just north of downtown. Gotcha. Yeah. Is there a difference between how real estate is done as a business in Italy versus Edmonton? Well, it's definitely more old, old school. They don't, uh, they don't really have an MLS system okay. where realtors can go onto a database and see other realtors' listings. It literally comes down to who do you know, what properties do you have for sale? And you'll probably find a lot of people that are jumping around with different realtors as opposed to this market where we have kind of like a, a little bit of a closed, closer circle mentality in Edmonton. And when someone finds someone that works really hard for them, they usually stick with them for a long time, right. at least in my experience. Right. It's hard to believe they're not web-based in terms of the MLS or anything like that. Yeah. Like the, they obviously do have their own websites and they're advertising their own properties, but literally it's like meet you on the street, walking by in the small neighborhood kind of going through there and then they, all of a sudden it's like, I got this place for you, let me take you through it. Versus, hey, I saw this place online, can you book a showing for it? There's no key boxes, nothing like that. You have to go pick up the keys 
at the office before every showing. It's almost like real estate in the 80s and Edmonton. Yeah. I, in fact, one of the uh, gentlemen that I uh, interviewed a few weeks ago, he, he's been in the business for 40 years, and he was telling me how, you know, in the 70s, they would drive around to different brokerages, pick up a bunch of keys, yeah. then show the houses, and then bring all the keys back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it slows things down. That's even where the idea of like, hey, let's go drive around a neighborhood and see if we can see a sold sign. Yeah. Because the MLS used to be a magazine, and it would come out every two weeks and so the signs back then would actually come out before the mls was printed so to find the newest hottest listings you'd have to drive around the neighborhood and see the signs as opposed to nowadays the signs actually go up about three days after the listing is advertised on the mls or on the respective websites right okay so how are you how is the foundry and and you and your partner mark and and your agents using technology to uh, uh, promote listings and and help your buyers yeah we pride ourselves on basically like when a seller comes to us and says what do you do to sell our home for the most amount of money we can say we have it absolutely everywhere on the internet if you google your address if you Google homes for sale in X neighborhood, your place is going to come up. I'm not sure if you noticed on our website, but we say some things about being specialists in property-specific advertising. So property-specific advertising would be not seeing my ugly mug all over a billboard and a bus bench. We don't spend our marketing dollars in that regard. We spend our marketing dollars putting people's specific properties online so when people are searching or driving around the internet freeway looking for the new signs to go up Mm -hmm. well they see it first right and then we connect buyers and sellers and that's basically what we do we broker deals right so as an example if i was looking to buy a condo in cloverdale yeah i might go to google and type in cloverdale condos or downtown edmonton condos yeah and then what would happen well you're going to see one of our websites. It might not be the foundryrealestateco.com, mm-hmm. which would be our brokerage website, but mm-hmm. we also own a website called bestedmontonhomesearch.com. Okay. And I would strongly urge people to go and take a look at it. We say that it's like the Mac version of realtor.ca. It's very, very user-friendly. Properties hit there three days before they actually hit realtor.ca. There's an IDX algorithm that's set up so that when the realtors see it, because a lot of people don't know that the realtor MLS is different than the public MLS. The realtor MLS gets properties usually three days before they hit the public MLS. But this Best Edmonton Home Search has an algorithm where it pulls the realtor MLS onto that website. So how that could benefit a buyer is, well, the best deals go first. So if you want to get those best deals, you would go to bestedmontonhomesearch.com to get them three to four days before they hit the public MLS. Right. So it's a timing advantage, basically. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So that's one of the major websites that, that we use. That's basically what we advertise to our agents at the office, and it's kind of like a value-added service for all of our all of our clients when we're doing listings. And even buyers, we tell our buyers to jump on there as well. Okay. People can critique searches and... They can heart properties, and then we'll see it on the back end of that every time we come into the office. Right. Okay. So if I'm selling a house, then and I've got you know one two three four eighty eight Street as my address, as an example, is there a website specific to my property? No, it's not because the way that people are searching, they're not going to be typing in, let's say, the address. Now you could type in the address, and maybe one one eight zero eight dot com will come up. 
but chances are the way that real estate is, especially in Edmonton, the first page is already bought by real estate agents, right? right? So you're not even going to get it on the first page of Google. Anyways, you might get it on the second or third, but the, Who goes does, the second, yeah, does the second <laughs> or third page even work anymore? <laughs> right. I don't know, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, let's back up a little bit and tell me um, how you came to uh, go from where you were historically uh, as a Remax agent to yep. uh, uh, starting the foundry with Mark McMahon, who is your business partner. I actually started at uh, Realty Executives Devonshire that was in Shirt Park. And right at, in the beginning, I kind of went around to two or three brokerages and I kind of interviewed them. And they were probably interviewing me at the same time in a way. But everyone knows like, if you're a realtor that you can just basically go and sign up at any office that you want. And they'll you could very well be working at Rogers Wireless one day and then all of a sudden be working at you know Remax Elite the next. Well, I went around and I was kind of interviewing the different brokerages. At the time, I thought realty executives would be a good fit because the broker at the time, they were saying, hey, we're going to give you training. And... Me as a guy that's in like marketing and business at Nate is I'm like, hey, I really want to get that training because I want to be an expert in that field. Well, right when I kind of started at Re at Realty Executives, that broker, the day that I started, I feel like he left and went to another brokerage the very next day. Right. I was like, where is this guy? Right. And so there was no training. There was none of that. So, yeah, I did a couple of deals. I was fortunate. I had you know, I'm fairly good at networking and stuff like that. So I, I did a couple of deals and I got them under my belt. But then after I did that two or three, I was like, now what? Now what do I do? Now that I've absorbed my circle of influence right off the bat by telling people that I'm getting my real estate license and people want to support me and stuff like that. Well, now what? Now what do I do? So I kind of like looked around. I'm like, you know what? I need to go under another expert's wing. So... What I did is I called up John Mattiello, which was owner of Remax Elite, which is a really great brokerage, by the way. And I said, you know, John, um, he's a family friend. Uh, he's basically my mom's cousin. And he said, you know, what? I think that you need to get on to a team. And he goes, what kind of team are you looking for? Are you looking for that really big kind of Terry Peranich team where, you know, there's like 18 guys on there? Or are you looking for kind of a smaller team where you can have more of a personal approach? And both can work great. The type of person that I am is I like to kind of take that close per personal approach to things. So John Mattiello set me up with a guy named Mike Pavone. A lot of people at the time had probably seen his uh, his advertisements on like Channel 5 yeah. and when Pavone that was around, too. like call Pavone today kind yeah, of advertisements. Sure. And P Mike Pavone is an absolutely great mentor for me. And I basically shadowed Mike Pavone for like four years. Yeah. And um, it, maybe even closer to three. And then at that three-year point, I had been bringing in enough business that I was like, you know what, I think I'm ready to go on my own. Mike now is an absolute great home builder as well. And he was kind of focusing in that department a little bit more. So then I kind of went off on my own at Remax Elite. And so over the course of that next year, year and a half, when I was at Remax Elite, I found myself on, you know, the top 10 every month, you know, usually two, three or four around there. And I said, you know what, I'm really having a great time. But Mark McMahon is also an old friend of mine. And he was a realtor at the same time. Even like one of the guys that was pushing me to become a realtor when I was at Nate 
we would always have these awesome real estate conversations for hours and hours and hours saying, you know, how could we change real estate where you make these statements in the office where you think that you could kind of push the envelope forward at, let's say, a REMAX brokerage. And you got these older guys going, well, why would you try to reinvent the wheel? But I always found myself saying, well, what happens when the wheel is square? <laughs> right. Right. And so we said, you know, what? it'd be kind of cool to open up a brokerage that is a little bit trendier, that is steering away from, hey, my arms are raised on the used car salesman on the billboard and focus on treating people and clients like people and not addresses. And so we said, you know what, let's start the Foundry Real Estate Company. Let's keep the things that we really like about that classic real estate model, but then trim the fat of the things we don't like and maybe add some new things. So that focus of property-specific advertising and stuff like that, seeing those high-quality videos, that's where that all kind of comes from. So then we said, you know what, let's just do it. So then we went out and we started the Foundry Real Estate Company. And it, it was a process to get it going. You don't just snap your fingers and have an amazing logo. You don't snap your fingers and, in my opinion, have the best cards in the city and all of a sudden have one of the best real estate websites for searching and selling in the city. It was a lot of hard work. And now, three and a half, four years later, we're here and doing this interview. Right. So. Okay. So how long do you think it was uh, in that process before you really started to see things gel with starting the brokerage? Well, you know, Mark and I, when we started, we are fairly successful. We're top 5% realtors in Edmonton already. Mm -hmm. And when we started the founder, we actually saw a boom from that because people are like, great, you're going on your own. Sometimes they don't even, some people don't even know what it means. But they're like, cool, you're doing something on your own. This is yours. And people like Edmonton is really great in that regard. We have amazing people here and they really want to support like local businesses. So do they look at Century 21 or, you know, ABC Realty as a local brokerage? Probably not. They look at it as more of like that corporate branding where they can see more of a grassroots approach with the Foundry Real Estate Company. Okay. Make sense? Absolutely. Now, if you talk to uh, realtors in the industry, a lot of them will say, you know what, I want to be with brokerage X because of their branding, because of the, the huge recognition. When you're attracting new agents to, to your brokerage, you know, if you're dealing with a, a listing uh, client, do you ever get any pushback on that because you are a smaller independent brokerage? Yeah, the common question would be, well, what happens when I kind of sit down and say, they say, who are you with? And you say the Foundry Real Estate Company, and they say, oh, who is that? Or if you say, hey, I'm with Remax, oh, I know them, that's good. Mm -hmm. Right, well, we can teach them the sales things to say to over, overcome those objections. Mm -hmm. And the answer to that is, well, what does Remax do to actually sell your property better than the Foundry Real Estate Company? Mm -hmm. And when we have agents that approach us that want to start at our brokerage, we actually ask them to go and interview other brokerages first, at least three, to see what they offer and then come back to us and then we'll basically break down what we do because we'll stand behind our product. And so when they do that, then we say, okay, they're offering this, this, and this. Did they tell you what they're doing to give you leads, training, stuff like that? Mm -hmm. like, well, they're not really doing much. Well, we offer leads. We offer training right. to get you to that point of being a top 5% realtor and that's kind of our goal. From client perspective, looking at Remax and the Foundry, well, who better to sell Edmonton products than Edmontonians themselves, mm -hmm. right? So we've 
we know every nook and cranny of the city. We know all the right places to be networking at and stuff like that. So we just kind of go from there. Okay, so you don't, there's no real disadvantage to being a, an independent brokerage from your perspective then? Well, you know what? It makes us a little bit more of a go-getter and kind of like that that hungry fish in the pond in a way. Right, okay, yeah. good stuff. Now you guys are building your business, obviously, still. How, how many realtors do you have working for you now? Right now we have eight realtors in total working at our office. We're hiring usually a new one every couple months. Okay, and how is it different from your perspective uh, being a business owner versus you know being just a realtor? Yeah, because in, in, it's a good question, I think, because me being a realtor is like my job. But then having the brokerage and helping that business evolve is like, I guess, is my business, right? So as a realtor, you're kind of spending your days going out, meeting people and stuff like that. But then when you have that off time, or maybe you go hit the gym or go kick the soccer ball around or something like that. Well, you got to get back to the office to make sure that these new agents have a shoulder to lean on when they've got a question and stuff like that. But in, ter- in turn, what that does is it it increases the quality of realtors out there. When you've got established realtors in the city, making sure that the new ones are doing a really, really good job. Right. right? And, yeah, I mean, it's like the saying that uh, a teacher learns as much or more than the student by the very act of teaching someone. Absolutely. And you know, you learn things like patience. Even I can apply some of the things with the different agents that we have to meeting new new and different clients as well. So all around, it makes me a better teacher. But at the end of the day, it also makes me a better student when I'm going out with my clients and meeting new people on a daily basis. Right. Okay. So when was it that you knew that real estate was the right business for you? I would say it was my first or second deal. There was a lady that, you know, had two two little girls. She was kind of just had got out of a divorce. She had saved up some money and she said she had, you know, been referred to me because I had just been starting out. And she said, you know, I'm not in any rush, but I really like a patient realtor that can kind of show me the ropes. And so Along that process of helping this lady take that next step in life, at the very end of that, when I passed over the keys, and it might sound a little bit cliche, but she was so happy. And that feeling of making a difference was what was probably lacking when, while I was sitting in that cubicle at Nate. I'm like, wow, I can make a more, a more and a better difference doing this than I can sitting in my cubicle. And some people might say, hey, me sitting in my cubicle, I can make a better difference than being out handing keys to people and finding them homes. But I found something of substance there. And at that moment, I was like, oh man, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Okay, that's awesome. Tell me about the most frustrating day you uh, ever had in real estate. And what did you learn about that? You know, real estate is kind of, it's not like you see on television where these guys have got their feet up on their desk and you know, this million dollar listing show. Realtors are out like pounding the pavement on a daily basis, constantly. And sometimes there's really late hours. There's a lot of 7 a.m. till midnight kind of work days. I would say the thing that gets me probably the most frustrated is not any clients specifically, but I would say when I'm dealing with realtors that are kind of half-assing it, that's probably the most frustrating thing. You almost want to like leave a note in the mailbox of the seller to be like, hey, this is how your realtor is acting. 
And so whether, you know, they're not relaying messages properly, whether maybe they're not, you know, answering the phone when they should be, or just kind of like lollygagging would be, to me, is the most frustrating thing because I'm like, hey, man, I work really hard. So they, in a way, they're kind of making it harder for the good guys when they're kind of sitting down with new clients because a lot of times clients are like, my last realtor was absolutely atrocious, right? And it's like that 90-10 rule. 90% of them probably are. So then from that moment, it's like, okay, well, let me see if I can change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. well, I, I can tell you, speaking as a mortgage broker, we see the full gamut of work ethic on realtors' parts. And, and you're absolutely right. There's some you go, wow, how are you in business? Absolutely. It's just like, and they usually aren't after a little while. They'll all burn out. I think that um, I had read a stat before, because there's usually about 3,500 agents in the city, mm-hmm. but usually about 1,500 do not renew their license but then 1500 get their license every year so it's that constant turnover but then also there's like okay there's 90 percent that are doing about six to eight deals a year Mm -hmm. and then there's like that five percent that are doing like 75 and up right right? so there's a big difference there i think yeah absolutely what's the best real estate advice you ever received right when i started uh, my mentor pavone had said you know location isn't everything prices that's interesting because the old adage is you know location is everything location 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 you could buy a place on a busy road as long as you're not buying it for the price of a home that's not on a busy road everything has a give and a take and the second that i that i kind of grasped that concept of having a give and a take with absolutely everything that translates into clarity for my clients right so bruno this is on you know, is on a busy road, will that be really hard to sell? Well, you know what, if you like this house and you think this is the right fit for you, as long as this is the right price, yes, you might sell it for less in the future because it's going to be on a busy road compared to the other ones, but you also bought it for less. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, I never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. And hey, when there's location involved, you pay for it or you don't pay for it. It just all depends. Right. So I would say that location is in everything price is everything as a give and a take. Okay. So if you look at your last 10 deals, what sort of trends do you see emerging right now? From a buyer's perspective, I'm seeing some bigger discounts for them right now. I would say in 2014, going into 2015, people were walking into places saying, hey, I don't care if it's 2 or 3% higher than what it should be. By the time I move in, it'll be worth that. Now they're saying, hey, this better be a really good deal because the risk and reward is flip-flopped. And I might move in and the market might go down a little bit, so I need a discount to compensate for that risk. Mm-hmm. From a seller's perspective, places are sitting a little bit longer if they are not priced properly to begin with. A place that's a little bit too high in price, even like 2 or 3% too high, it will sit forever. Mm-hmm. You almost have to be ahead of that curve for it to hit the market and go. Because the more days that you accumulate on market, for some reason, buyers equate that into a bigger discount or they just don't want to buy the property that no one else wants. Right, 
Okay. So if, if buyers are expecting a 2 or 3% discount and a lot of sellers are, are listing uh, 2 to 3% too high, I mean, that seems to me that we're talking about, you know, somewhere around 5 to 6% difference between the two, which is pretty big when you start talking, you know, four or $500,000. Yeah, totally. Not necessarily, they're not necessarily doing that. There are those ones that will sit forever. But I guess like, for example, with my listings, when I sit down with clients, I really push for that competitive price and saying that the more competitively priced you are, the better offer that you're actually going to get because it generates more interest and want for the property in turn. You get a better offer, sells quickly, and you can move on. And the deal is always going to be in the buy anyways. Right. So Right. You make your money based on the price you pay, not for what you actually sell for. Yes, exactly. Right. The deal is always going to be in the buy. Yeah. Okay. So obviously we're in a buyer's market at the moment. Where do you see things being a year or two years from now? Do you have, did you bring a crystal ball with you? I did not. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so we can go off of history. And I've noticed, you know, every time that there's a little bit of a dip in the market, like there was in January, that dip usually lasts for about three to four years. And then that increase, that jump up usually lasts or gradually goes back up for about three to four years. So there's like a seven year kind of cycle Mm -hmm. going on. So I'm going off of history. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were going to ask me, you know, where is the market going? I would say that real estate is a a two to three year investment right now, but there are some really good deals out there and buyers can take advantage of those really good deals. If maybe they didn't buy last year, they can buy a house for just a little bit less this year and sellers that were thinking about selling within the next couple of years can cash out while their chips are high. Right, okay. Because the prices are still relatively up there. They haven't taken a huge drop. Right, yeah. Right, like I think according to the stats from the real estate board, they've dropped, they dropped about 3% over the course of January to March, but then they actually increased in the last two months. Mm-hmm. So, Well, which makes sense. I mean, people go house shopping in the spring. Not absolutely. In, not so in January. The whole statistic <laughs> thing, you got to understand what you're reading and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that market going up because the people that were priced too high said, you know what, okay, now we'll listen to you, Mr. Realtor. We'll drop our price just a little bit more to get it sold. And then it sells so it can be part of that statistic. Right. Okay. Cool. Now, one of the things that the Foundry is doing, which I I thought is, uh, or I think is really neat, is that for every sale... So on the buy side and the sell side, or just the buy side, you are uh, donating to a cause called the Treehouse Initiative, where you're you're basically planting the equivalent square footage in new trees. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's not the equivalent square footage, but it's like that. It's an equation. So for example, if a house is 2,000 square feet, well, the company that we've partnered with called The Carbon Farmer, they can they have an equation where they can say, well, you need to plant this many trees to offset the carbon footprint of that home. So instead of, let's say, putting solar panels and stuff like that on the house, which not everyone can do, when someone buys a property, yes, we'll have the cool foundry sweaters that people probably see in our videos and people wearing around the city, but we also have a little envelope saying, hey, you know what, being eco-friendly is something that's really important to a grassroots grassroots company like the Foundry. Well, we've planted X amount of trees to offset the carbon footprint of your home. Right. And people really, really like that. We'll get people taking pictures of it, texting us back after being like, man, I love that you guys did that because we don't see that right now, 
right? And that's something that's really important to us. So that's called our treehouse initiative. And you can see it at the top of every sign, kind of like a treehouse at the top of our sign. But that's something that was kind of created within the first couple of months of the foundry starting because we said we want to do something that's eco-friendly and something that is local. And so all of these trees are also planted in an Alberta forest as well. Very cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Any idea how many trees or how many acres have been planted? Yeah, that's a good question. And usually we sit down every year to do that. I don't have that number in front of me right now, but maybe for the next podcast you do, I'll get you that number. <laughs> okay, or, okay. Or if you can find out, we'll put it on the show notes or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, Bruno, one, one question I always ask realtors is, you know, if you had family or friends who were looking at buying a place in a city across the country, and obviously you can't help them directly, what advice would you give them in terms of choosing a realtor? You know, I had mentioned earlier when we interview new agents at our office, we ask them to go out and interview other brokerages to see what those people have as well, because we'll stand behind our product. Now, with that said, when I have people that want to sit down, let's be honest, everyone knows a realtor. Most people probably know three. So what I would say to them is, you know what, talk to all of them, sit down and just have a conversation with them. That's the way that I like to approach things. I don't like to be pushy at all. Uh, we're all people here. We're all you know, trying to do the best job that we can. And after sitting down with all of those people, usually the best fit for you will stand out. But make sure they have some good qualities like being a good listener. Because trust me, there's a lot of realtors out there that just like to blab all day and talk about themselves. Someone that's skilled in the area of what you want to do, like whether you're buying or selling. And uh, someone that's a go-getter. Someone that if you're buying something is going to get you in there first and it's going to be on the ball. Or someone you're selling, if someone calls their phone, they answer it. And if they want to go and see it right in that moment, they have the infrastructure set up so that they can go and show that immediately. I think those are really the, the most important things. And then last, but obviously not least, if you're selling someone that can advertise your property, not their face, not that realtor to advertise their brand, because at the end of the day, it does nothing for your property. Someone that advertises your property absolutely everywhere online will be the future. And that's the difference be between getting an extra five or $10,000 for your property. Right. So don't do the Venice School of Real Estate kind of thing. And well, <laughs> to be honest, like, you know, you'll get the, those those guys that will find those amazing little secret gems. Yeah. And it obviously works for them. But uh, if we're going to take our market and how we operate in our market, right, because definitely every market is different. There's tactics in the States that are just ridiculous, but the real estate market is different. But in our market, Edmonton, Calgary, you need someone that is going to advertise your property for those buyers that are searching online that they find out about it. So that that seller can never say, hey, what if there's that magic buyer out there? Show me where because we advertise absolutely everywhere. So um, I think those are the most important things. Good listener is always important, I think. Okay. Any other uh, last thoughts or comments? Um, I think that uh, over the next couple of years, I think that Edmonton as a whole is going to really take off. I think that it's been kind of a long time coming and I think that people can see all these cranes in the sky and stuff like that. And I think that can only mean good things. I think that over the last couple of months where we've seen a huge drop 
in Calgary's economy. I think that us as Edmontonians should be really proud that we are doing such a great job and we have so many so many things going for us right now. And we're kind of standing the test of time. So I think that I just like to say that and say that I'm proud to be an Edmontonian right now owning a business here. Bruno, I don't think there's anything else to add to that. That's an awesome sentiment. Good luck with the rest of your year. Keep crushing it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, man. Okay.